Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Mother's Day, a day to celebrate moms everywhere, right? Whether you, And you know, whether or not you're a mother yourself, everyone has a mother, right? <laughs> if it wasn't for your mother, you wouldn't be here, right? And you know, God is the one who gives children to mothers and mothers to children. I know that's not saying a lot, is it? It's, it's profound thought, isn't it? But you know, you think in the Bible, think about Hannah and Sarah and Rachel. I mean, these are women who could not have children and they cried out to God and they prayed and supernaturally God gave them children. You remember when Jesus raised that widow's son? In a, you know, I'm going to switch mics back, Bruce, because this one's like ringing. <laughs> I like this one better. Whoever it is, it's mine now. Okay. I'll write my name on it. Um, do you remember when Jesus went into the city of Nain and he raised the widow's son? I love that story in the Bible. Look at Luke chapter 7 and verse 11. It says, soon afterwards, so he's walking along, he comes into the city called Nain and his disciples and a great crowd, they're, they're with them. I mean, crowds were following Jesus everywhere. He draws near the gate of the town and there's a man who had died and was being carried out. I mean, so he's coming into town as this funeral procession is going out, right? And so this, this man who's dead, he's the, the thing the Bible tells us to describe him is that he's the, was the, uh, she was a widow. He was the son of a widow. Okay. What's that mean? Her husband's gone. Right. So, so, you know, especially back in that time, uh, you needed children to, to survive without, without a child to live with and to help and your husband dead, it'd be a very difficult time for you. So, uh, the crowd's going out and here's this, um, widow whose son has died. They're going out and it says in verse 13, look, the Lord saw her and had compassion on her. And he said to her, do not weep. Then he came up and he touched the beer and the, the bearer stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. You got to love how Jesus does it, right? I mean, he didn't even go into a time of intense prayer or anything like that. Of course, you know, he had a lifestyle of prayer. Come on. Hey, that's good, isn't it? He had a lifestyle of prayer. He didn't wait until he encountered a problem before he said, oh, I think I need to go fast and pray about this one. No, he lived this out, right? So he comes in, the funeral's coming out. You wouldn't, you know, you, you need to be careful um, where Jesus goes because he may just mess up your funeral plans, you know? <laughs> you might have the thing picked out and everything and then Jesus comes in, you know? Uh, in a hospital room, you know, whatever. He can, he, come on, he can mess up our plans. So we need to plan according to his plan. Amen. You might have, you might have some things just worked out that you think, oh, I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to go this way. And then when Jesus comes, it's like, oh, no, I got something different for you. And he has something different. He says, young man, I say to you, arise. And what happens? The dead man set up and begin to speak. Probably freaked everybody out. But look at the very last phrase. And he gave him to his mother. Isn't that sweet? But what's so cool about this story to me is um, it's, it's not even about the dead man. He raised the dead man because he had compassion on the mother. Come on, God loves mothers, right? God celebrates mothers, does he not? And he sees this mother and she's she's alone. And and so the, 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 the guy gets raised from the dead. Not because he said, um, you know, you did something right or it's not your time yet. No, he just had compassion on the mother. And that's why we got that miracle. So as an adult man, um, uh, I think it's interesting. It says he's a young man, you know, so he's not a kid. He's a young man. Isn't it interesting that biblically speaking, that your obligation to your parents does not end just because you're 18 and you moved out of the house. 
Think about that. You remember, um, um, uh, where was it? Where Jesus was arguing with the Pharisees, which was a lot, you know, but, but he says, um, uh, you know, you, you're, you're twisting the word of God because you're saying, oh, whatever the, the Pharisees were saying, uh, well, whatever gifts that my parents would have otherwise gotten from me, uh, I'm giving them as a gift devoted to God. You remember that, that passage? And he says, so you're not honoring your parents so you can keep your tradition. But look, he was a talking, he was talking to adult men. Pharisees, and he's saying, you still, even though you're grown up, you have an obligation before me to honor your parents, honor your mother. So we're going to honor mothers today. Are you with me? Come on, give me a big smile. Mothers are awesome. I mean, if it wasn't for our mothers, none of us would be here, right? So uh, God gives children to mothers. God gives mothers to children. And God is, you know, God is the one who makes families. Come on, families are his idea, right? Families are God's idea. And families have been under assault in Western culture for a long time now. Right? You know, one of the signs of the end times is the breakdown of families. Right? You know, Second Timothy, understand this, Second uh, Timothy 3, verse 1. Understand this, in the last days there will come times of difficulty. Well, we, we know that. We're seeing some of those things happening now. Verse 2, people will be, will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Look at the list that this thing is in disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. Uh, you're, just, you're just seeing these things, and they're going to increase as we get closer to that day. They're not going to get better in the world. They're going to continue to increase. Um, Jesus even told us in Mark 13, he says, and brother will deliver brother. He's talking about what's going to happen right before the end. Brother will deliver brother to death, the father his child, and children will rise against their parents and have them put to death. A happy Mother's Day. <laughs> my mother's day message yeah <laughs> no but come on families are under attack and, and it's going to get even worse before he comes back that's what he says womanhood and motherhood are both constantly being assaulted and if you're a mom i know you get it from every direction here you, you do right i mean you know if, if you decide to stay at home with the kids somebody thinks that you're not right for going out and getting a job somewhere if you go out and get a job somebody thinks you're not right for staying at home with your kids you know if you decide to homeschool your kids somebody thinks you should socialize them if you decide to send them to school somebody thinks you should homeschool you get it from every direction right it, it just happens that way but listen to this very carefully it does not matter to the devil who is right or who is wrong. What matters to the devil is that there's division, animosity, strength, uh, uh, division, animosity, and strife. That's what he's looking to do. That's where he wins. Think about it. Stay at home, get a job, whatever, whatever you need to do. Nobody knows your situations and the walk you're walking except you and Jesus and your family. Those are decisions you need to make, but the devil will use any opportunity to try to stir up division and strife because that's where he wins. And we've got to shut that out, amen? And what's our job? Our job is to help one another be the best that they can possibly be in the situation that they are in. Amen? We don't want the devil's will to be done, right? It says where there's strife, there's confusion and every evil work. That means, you know what that means? That means the devil's will is being done in your life or not God's. And what are we supposed to pray? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we can give in to the devil and we can actually be living in such a way that the devil's will is being manifested in our lives. Mm. We don't want that. God, Jesus. So we're all in these different places. We need to not pass judgment on one another. You know, there's different approaches to parenting anyway. And the one that you're so convinced is right now by the next generation, they're going to be laughing at how they used to do it. 
think about it. It's going to be the way that they used to do it. It's not going, you know, just God. If you have God in it and you're doing it by the spirit of God and the power of God, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You know, the scariest thought to me, and I love this when I read this verse in Hebrews chapter nine, verse Hebrews chapter 12, verse nine, uh, this just tells me that nobody actually ever really knows what they're doing. Nobody knows what they're doing when it comes to raising kids. It says, um, verse nine, we've had these earthly fathers who disciplined us and we reject, uh, we respected them. So shall we not much more be subject to the father of the spirits and live? Uh, the writer of Hebrews is just drawing a parallel, a comparison to, uh, how we relate to our earthly fathers and how we also have a heavenly father, right? And in verse 10, he says, for they, that's our earthly fathers, disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. Right there, that phrase, as it seemed best to them. That ought to just strike terror in the hearts of everybody. That, that, that's how your parents raised you, as it seemed best to them. That's all they had. They didn't have a manual. They didn't have a rule book. They just did as seemed best to them. That's what we've got, man. Times are always changing. There's just no, no thing that's always going to be the right thing for everybody all the time. So what do you do? You do as seemed best to them. So dads and moms are raising children and they're disciplining them and they're helping them and they're putting structure in their lives and instruction as seems best to them. But you know, God is still interested in families. Amen, come on. Families are worth fighting for. You know why? This is why, because God has placed within the Christian family a witness to himself in the earth. Okay? See, marriage takes a lot of grace and effort. Anybody who's married knows that. It, it takes patience. It takes effort to get it right. But when you do get it right, or even come close to getting it right, together you model something of the nature and character of God to the world. The way a godly wife relates to her husband models the way that Jesus relates to the father. The way a godly husband lays down his wife and lives for his wife and he lays down his life for his wife models the way that Jesus laid down his life for the church. And we don't always get it right, but there's always echoes of that truth in a, a, a healthy Christian marriage. And so we're living in a time where marriage and family are just constantly being undermined or even just as bad being redefined into something it's not, right? I mean, they're changing definitions left and right. You don't even know what to believe and who you're going to offend next if you're trying to do everything politically correct. Somebody's going to get mad at you for something. But you can't redefine this. This stuff came from the heart of God and from the mind of God. And in the very beginning, he made Adam and Eve and he made a family and he placed them in the garden. He decided that he would rule the world through a family. Isn't that beautiful? And together, Adam and Eve reflected the nature and the character of God. And so there's a witness of God in marriage. And, and like I said, it can be difficult to get everything right, but it's worth fighting for. And there's also a witness to the character and nature of God in being a mom. That's why we love and appreciate mothers. <laughs> Not just your mother, all mothers, right? We love and appreciate mothers. Listen to this in Isaiah chapter 66, verse 13. It says, God is actually speaking through the prophet here. He says, as one whom his mother comforts, I will comfort you and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. Think about this, the love and comfort of a mother. 
It's a place when you see the mother's love for her child, it's just a place to begin to understand the heart of God for his people. That's what it is. It's a place to begin. He's not saying that all mothers are perfect, but he's just saying that that natural affection that a mother has for her child is one way of understanding God's heart for his children. That's good, isn't it? See, moms are special. So maybe you feel, you know, he's not saying everybody's perfect and every mother does it does this perfectly, but and maybe you feel like your mother wasn't there for you. Maybe she really wasn't. I mean, that happens a lot. But uh, when I was um, when I was doing a, um, a internship in New York City, we'd go out on the street and minister, and we were doing inner city ministry, and there were a lot of broken families. And they told us, go out there, and when you talk about Jesus, we emphasize Jesus the good shepherd. Don't emphasize God the Father, because in these kids' world, they don't understand. Um, what a good father is. They don't understand a loving father. And, and, I, and I get that. You know, you're out on the street and you only have a minute or two to grab somebody's attention and communicate some truth about God. You have to get into their world and in their mind and communicate it that way, right? But at the same time, we cannot, just because our culture has destroyed fatherhood, we cannot um, uh, uh, throw away the revelation that God has given us about a loving father. What we need to do is understand what a loving father is, right? And if your father wasn't there for you, what do you need? You need the fatherhood of God even more. You need him to love you and to father you, right? And if your mom wasn't there, you, it just means you need Jesus that much more. We don't throw away motherhood, right? So the, the world is trying to do that. We're constantly under attack. That's why we're going to celebrate it, amen? We're going to celebrate it. So, um, He's not saying every mother gets it right. Look at Isaiah 49, verse 15. God again says, can a woman forget her nursing child? Not if your child will scream like mine. Now, can a woman forget the nursing child that she should have no compassion on her, the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. He's saying even in the imperfection that, that uh, a family or, or a mother or a father can show you, I'm going to love you. I'm here for you. I will not fail you. I will be there for you. I will show you that affection. It's good to know that even if your, your mother or your father did not show you the affection that you thought they should have, God has not forgotten you. Amen? Amen. So what do we do? Today is Mother's Day. Today we honor mothers. We honor mothers and we celebrate the ideal. You know what I'm saying? There's an ideal that we celebrate, but let's be real. Nobody really lives up to the ideal. Anybody, any women here has ever studied the Proverbs, Proverbs 31 woman? I mean, that woman is like Superman. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I mean, what's she do? She, she, she's got this superhuman strength. She's up before everybody's awake. She's bed last. She's taking care of her family. She's making them all their food. She's making their clothes. She's investing in real estate. This woman just does not stop. I'm like, and you read that and you're like, how in the world can anybody live up to that? But you know, as moms, I know moms that you, you guys, you strive for the ideal in the sense that you want to be there and you want to do everything you can for your kids. And that's good. So as moms, yeah, keep striving for the ideal. Go for it. I mean, whatever's in your heart, go live it out as hard and, and as right as you can. But as children who will seek to honor our mothers, we honor and we celebrate their effort and their heart. You see what I'm saying? We're not trying to hold people up to some ideal that we can't even live up to, to, to before we'll honor them. We'll honor their effort. We'll honor their heart. We'll honor the place that God put for them in our lives. And that's a good thing. And that's a liberating thing. Amen? 
So come on, we celebrate the ideal, but we honor her efforts. To honor your mother means to prize her, to value her, to value her contribution to you. It means to not give in to the culture that's always seeking to, you know, devalue families and mothers and womanhood. And it's for all of us to do, not just for children of, you know, uh, for little children. It's for all of us. To, uh, this church will be a place where we honor the place of, of a mother in the family. Amen? And, you know, maybe today is a sad day for you because what you have is memories. Maybe your mother's already passed on to heaven. And, uh, you know, in how do you honor her today? I just want to say God gives you permission today just to think the best of her. Come on, happy memories today, right? Happy memories. You know, maybe you're relationship with your mom or as a mom maybe your relationship with your kids has been strained or even non-existent and and maybe it was her fault maybe it was your fault who knows probably both right but life is too short and too special to carry unforgiveness in your heart it's just it's not children forgive your mother mothers be reconciled to your children if you've made mistakes, apologize. Don't give the devil, listen, don't give the devil an entrance into your life through a bad relationship, through a relationship with a family member, right? Cut him out. Cut him out. Forgiveness is liberating. Forgiveness detaches you from something that you can't control. You don't want to have these doors open of unforgiveness that the devil can use as a bridge point in your life where he can launch attacks into your life. Jesus is your Lord. You'll take your lead from him, right? Nobody else can press your buttons unless you let them. (laughs) So don't give the devil an entrance into your life through your relationship. Nobody's perfect. Your parents never claimed to be perfect, right? They just did what seemed best to them. It's what they did. And that's what, as parents, that's what we're doing too. We're doing what seemed best to them. It's all we have. But bringing up children is probably the single most important job in the world today. And nobody's ready for it. There are no experts. And the culture we live in is not helping. The culture we're living in is opposing. Uh, You try to teach good Christian virtues and morals to your kids, they oppose those things. The mainstream narrative right now is something that is opposition to what God has ordained for the family. So we're not getting help from the world. We're not getting help from the culture. You know, the era that my parents grew up in, you probably, it was different. The culture kind of helped you along with things that were more moral. Jesus' name was not constantly blasphemed on the street. But now you've got to do it. You've got to shoulder it because you're not getting help from the culture. But we can do it. That's why we need to be here for each other too. Amen? So if you're here and you feel like you've been rejected by your mother, time to forgive, okay? How can I say that? Because I know what God will do in your heart if you forgive. Psalm 27 and verse 8. Ring, Kim, get ready. Psalm 27 and verse 8 and verse 10. I want to read these. I'm going to hand it to you in just a second. I'm winding down. I'm coming in for a landing. All right. I'm going to Pat, turn it over to my wife, my favorite mother in the room. (laughs) Um, Psalm 27, verse 8, it says, You have said, seek my face. 
my heart says to you, your face, Lord, I do seek. Verse 10, for if my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the, my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. And it's from this place where the Lord has taken me in that I have the power to be reconciled. I have the power to forgive. I have the power to overlook an offense. Amen. Will it be perfect? No, nobody's perfect. <laughs> but it'll be right and it'll be free and God will be in it. Amen. So today we celebrate moms. We celebrate moms. We celebrate mothers. And uh, I just want to say happy Mother's Day. <laughs> My part is easy. I just want to wish everyone, all the moms here, all the women here, happy Mother's Day because you all are amazing moms and grandmoms and sisters and aunts and you know, if you are a woman, <laughs> you are, whether you have kids or you don't, you know, you are already playing some kind of a motherly role in somebody in your family, in your church, in your, you know, whatever group you belong to, you know, you're already doing that because God has made women very special that way to give love and care and healing. So, um, I just want to say that because all the moms and all the women here are so special, um, Miss Mary and Tara and Nana and Susan and who else? All, and all of them, they put together, Miss Jackie, they put together those beautiful flower vases right there in the back. So please take one for yourself. And uh, if you're a woman, okay, so please take one for yourself. And uh, if you are a son or a husband and your wife or your mother is not here, please take one for your mom or your husband or your wife. And um, please be blessed and have a wonderful Mother's Day. I just want to dismiss us with prayer. Bless yeah, send us out because I know everyone is thinking of food, <laughs> lunch. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for making moms. Thank you, Father, for, for giving moms the strength to do what they need to do and what they are doing. Father, thank you for reaching to your people through moms, God, the love, the care, the family, the comfort, the forgiveness, oh God, and, and the, um, unconditional love that they have given us thank you for revealing yourself to us your heart through moms and mom figures that we have in our lives today lord in our church we have wonderful wonderful women here and lord i speak a prayer of blessing over them god that they will do all the things that you have called them to do, oh God, as moms and as a women, oh God, in their families and in their church and in their social circles, oh God, that you, you, you give them God strength, oh God, and, and you give them more strength, oh God, and help them accomplish the things that you have put in their hearts, oh God. And, oh God, we pray for the power of your Holy Spirit, God, that they will do everything that they do by the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for all the wonderful ladies here. In Jesus' name, amen.